0: Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. For anyone new to the podcast, welcome! Each week I come out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you don't know what a cryptid is, that's okay. It is defined as an animal, such as Asquatch or the Loch Ness Monster, that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Now cryptids don't have to be a supernatural or mythical being, although many of them are. Some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode, and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Happy New Year, everybody! I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday season. I know I did. I was lucky enough to spend it with my family. In order to do this, my boyfriend and I drove from California to New Jersey. So, I thought of a fun way to structure these upcoming episodes. I have a book called Chasing American Monsters by Jason Offit. It's an awesome book that breaks down the different cryptid sightings throughout the states of America. So, since I drove through 11 states, I thought, what if I covered some lesser-known cryptids from each state? There are so many different ones that I have wanted to cover, but just didn't have enough information or sightings to get a full episode in. So, the next 11 or so episodes will be dedicated to them. Each episode, I will cover one, two, three cryptids from each state I passed through on my road trip. But before we get into that, I wanna give some updates on the podcast. So in terms of Weird Club, I'll be doing Weird Club episodes or part of Weird Club episodes, probably around once a month. So in that episode, we will talk about two or three of the states and all of the cryptids discussed within those states. The other exciting update is that there will be a website for the podcast real soon. It will include blog posts for each episode that will have the entire script for the episode and all of the sources I used. There will also be some more fun surprises, so I'll let you know when it comes out. All right, everybody, buckle up, because this is going to be a spooky ride. This week, we are talking about three cryptids from the great state of California, The Fresno Nightcrawlers, the Dark Watchers, and the Billywhack Monster. Let's start with the Fresno Nightcrawlers. There are three major sightings of these creatures, all fairly recent, and two have video evidence. 12.48 a.m. 2008, Fresno, California. A man named Jose woke up to his dogs barking in the middle of the night. He said it was odd because they never did this. He also noted that the dogs seemed to be barking in a strange way, like they were frightened. So he went outside to see what they were barking at, but he didn't see anything until he got to his security camera. That is when he saw them, two humanoid beings with long legs and no upper body walk across his front lawn. They appear to either have a flowing piece of fabric on its legs or have long flowing hair. The thing is, there is a metal fence around his property, and the gate was closed that night. Now, Jose was terrified by what he saw on his security camera, so he eventually went to a local news station for help. The news station turned his video over to the local UFO investigator, Victor Komoko. The problem is that, Due to the original footage being on an old VHS tape, the news station recorded the screen that showed the video, therefore adding more distortion to the footage. So, when the video was analyzed, it's much harder to decipher if there is any manipulation to the footage. After the footage hits local news, paranormal experts, UFO investigators, and many more wanted to check the original footage for themselves. But... For the most part, everything came back inconclusive. Some claimed it could have been CGI. Other claimed that they were just a pair of pants hung on an unseen line that made it look like they were walking or gliding. This footage was featured on an episode of the Sci-Fi Network's Fact or Faked Paranormal Files. The team went to Jose's house where the incident took place. They spoke with Jose and got to hear the story from him. The team ruled that Jose was a great witness and... They even did voice analysis to see if he was lying, but it came back as truthful. So he definitely saw something, and they said if it was a hoax, he wasn't in on it. The team set up a camera as close as they could to where the original was taken, and they tried three different popular hoax theories. Number one, it is a small child walking across the lawn. The team recruited a neighborhood boy to dress in all white and mimic the walk the footage showed but it was clearly a child walking in their footage and looked nothing like the original. So they ruled it out. Number two, it is a puppet being pulled on a string across the lawn. So they built a replica puppet and built a wire system along the same path. But when they tried this, the puppet was too sloppy and wobbled too much compared to the original. So they ruled that out as well. They tried it again, but this time with a sheet over it because in the footage, it does look like there is a flowing fabric or something like that on its legs, but they have the same problem. Too sloppy. Number three, a puppet on a stick being carried by a person and then the person edited out later. So they used the same puppet and one of the crew members walked along the route. But when they looked at the footage, it still was too inconsistent in the movement. So, since they couldn't prove it was a hoax, they decided to investigate the wooded area around to see if they could catch a nightcrawler for themselves. When they began setting up their cameras, the equipment started to go crazy. One investigator went through two batteries for her walkie-talkie in just 10 minutes. Then a metal detector lost its full battery charge. While out in a field, they heard a high-pitched noise that they couldn't identify. One of their cameras went out, and then all of a sudden came back on. But not for long, because it went out again. Then, after the crew reached the camera, a different camera fell over with nothing around it. After all this strange equipment behavior, they turned on their thermal imager. In the brush, they saw two things moving near the camera that fell over, but just as fast as they appeared, they disappeared. So the crew went over to investigate, and... In the tall grass, there was a path. Something had walked right through there, and probably very recently, since the grass was still pressed down. But they couldn't find an animal or a nightcrawler. And after their investigation, they ruled it as unexplainable. Soon after this episode came out, a YouTuber with the name Captain Disillusion created his own nightcrawler video that does look very similar. He walked with a watermelon in his arms, right above his legs, and caught it on a basic security camera. He then edited his upper body out, and it does look fairly similar to what Jose caught on his camera, but this wasn't the only sighting of the nightcrawlers. 2011, Yosemite Park, California. Park Rangers had reportedly set up this camera in hopes to catch vandals in the act. They caught something much different. Two walking humanoid-like figures with just legs. The creatures slowly walk in an open path right in front of the camera's view. These creatures look very similar to the one caught in Jose's footage, even the flowing nature of their bodies. Now, this footage is much clearer than the first. There are clearly two beings walking across the path. There's also a size different in the creatures, which I personally thought was just one further away than the other, but I mean, what do I know? <laughs> anyway, researchers said that it would be very easy to superimpose CGI to make this footage. Basically, that would mean someone took the original camera footage and then CGI the two creatures and then overlaid them creating the video we see. That being said, there has been no definitive ruling on the footage. Now. As you probably guessed, I've included both of these videos in the Instagram post for the episode, so make sure to check them out so you can see the nightcrawlers. There is one last witness to what has been linked to the Fresno nightcrawlers. It comes from a 60-year-old former Marine who has not been identified by name. It occurred in Highland, California, which is about four hours south of Fresno. The couple had just recently purchased a house in the Fort Hill area, after about a month, they noticed that there was a perfect circle that stays fresh, green, no matter what weather, in their front yard. Then, on December 12th, 2014, they were making their way home. After they turned on Caramel Road, which leads to their road, they saw something. They went around the curve by the Caramel Church, and then up a small incline, an approximately Ten feet over the incline and in front of their truck, the alien ran across the road and into the woods. The creature became known as the Caramel Area creature, but has been linked to the nightcrawlers due to the proximity and description. Theories for what people are seeing include aliens or extraterrestrial beings, um, a misidentified deer standing upright, pants and or a puppet on a wire, and even a person wearing big pants and walking on stilts. But no one has definitively identified the creatures yet. Then, photos of wood carvings that looked very similar to the creatures appeared on the internet, along with a story about how the local Native American tribes revered these creatures as some kind of fairies in the forest. I put the picture of those statues in the Instagram post as well, The thing to note is that this is widely believed to be a hoax due to zero reference in Native American folklore to creatures that look like this. Now, there is a cryptid, or cryptids, from California that the Native American tribes spoke of. They are called the Dark Watchers. The Dark Watchers are said to inhabit the Santa Lucia Mountains. These mountains run for about 105 miles from Monterey County to San Luis Obispo County. They are full of forests and even touch the Pacific Ocean. Sounds like a perfect place for a cryptid. (laughs) These watchers are described as a group of mysterious, dark, human-like creatures who stand on the hills, ridges, and peaks. They do just what you'd expect them to do. Watch. They watch those who wander into the mountains and have never seemed to be aggressive. Apparently, they are most often seen around twilight and are usually seen staring upwards toward the sky while standing atop the mountains. But most believe they are a sort of spirit. But no one can say for sure because their origins are currently unknown. The Chumash Indians were the first to speak of the watchers. In their legends, they speak of the shadow figures and even appear in cave drawings. Later, in 1542, Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo became the first European to document the Santa Lucia Mountains and encountered the Chumash people. When the Spanish began settling along the coast, they quickly became aware of the mysterious beings in the mountains, whom they called... Los Vigilantes Oscuros, which literally translates to the Dark Watchers. European settlers explained how they saw giant human silhouettes that stand on ridges and seemed to stare across the mountains, but when approached they would disappear without a trace, not even footprints, and sightings only grew more frequent. In 1937, Robinson Jeffers, the famous poet, mentioned the Watchers in his piece titled, Such Counsels You Gave to Me. In the poem, Jeffers wrote, he thought it might be one of the Watchers who were often seen in this length of coast range. However, in the poem, what the character believed was a Watcher just turns out to be his own reflection. But the boy did know the Watchers to be out in the mountain range. Their fame didn't end there because within the next year, they were mentioned yet again in a short story by John Steinbeck, titled Flight. In the story, Pepe has to flee into the mountains to get away from the police after accidentally killing a man in a drunken brawl. His mother warns him, when thou comest to the high mountains, if thou seest any of the dark watching men, go not near them, not try to speak to them. And so Pepe listens to what his mother said, and even when he does see one steinbeck wrote pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead once on a white barren spur he saw a black figure for a moment but he looked quickly away for it was one of the dark watchers no one knew who the watchers were nor where they lived but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them they did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. Later in the story, he wrote, Pepe looked up to the top of the next dry, withered ridge. He saw a dark form against the sky, a man's figure standing on top of a rock, and he glanced away quickly, not to appear curious. When a moment later, he looked up again, the figure was gone. Seimek also refers to them as the Black Rider, but in this story, The readers do not know who these men are, nor will they at the story's end. They only know about Pepe seeing them, knowing that they exist and that one must never show interest in them. What's interesting is that Steinbeck's son, Thomas Steinbeck, apparently saw the Dark Watchers when he was a kid and went on to co-author a book called In Search of the Dark Watchers. Now, legend says that these watchers won't appear if you are carrying a gun or wearing weatherproof clothing. They will only reveal themselves to people who wander the mountains in more old-fashioned garb. I feel like this one is definitely much more legend than truth, but I mean, what do I know? Either way, sightings continued throughout the years. Sometime in the mid-60s, a Monterey resident and former high school principal went on a hiking trip in the St. Lucia Mountains when he suddenly spotted a dark figure in a hat and cape standing on a rock surveying the area. When he called out to what he thought were other hikers, the figure vanished. Now, I have three witness statements posted on the Weird California blog, which will be linked in the website when I get it up and running. There are about 15 sightings on the page, but I'm going to read these three because they really creep me out. And one is as recent as 2009. The story was posted by the username Kickboyface of Monroe Valley, California on October 4th, 2011. They said, many, many years ago, I was with a friend driving through a dirt field here in Monroe Valley near Alessandro, Old East Park near what I believe old abandoned barns that i always had heard were haunted when my friend's car broke down could have been a coincidence it was a beat-up volkswagen bug it was dusk at best and there was no way we were going to make it out of the field before it was pitch black and instead of chancing getting lost and or hurt in the dark we decided to sleep in the car and set out in the morning to get some help to tow the car it was way before the days of everyone having cell phones and quick help. As we were killing time in the pitch black now, we were hanging outside and inside of the car, killing time, sharing smokes, and we started to distinctly see what looked like black shadows, evenly distributed, completely encircling us. They did not move. They stayed motionless, but were of significant size. And based on the distance, I would say at least the size of a small car like the bug we ourselves were in. Whatever these were seemed hunched over, perhaps kneeling. Time passed. They never moved, though we walked around the car and got in and out of the car to see if what we were seeing was some sort of optical illusion. Yet, we couldn't explain or discredit what we were seeing. To this day, it racks my brain. This story was posted by Anonymous of Ojai, California, on June 4th of 2018. They said, I was hiking up a remote trail, up the 33 in Ojai. I was about an hour up the mountain. No people, no cars in sight. As I was hiking, I had this eerie feeling I was being watched. I looked up at the top of the mountain. There was a black figure. I waved jokingly, not really thinking the object was a person, It waved back, thinking I was maybe tripping or it was a tree waving in the wind. I took a puff of my cigarette, only to see the figure blow out a plum of smoke as well. I started seeing it flowing, and I say flowing, almost floating vertically. I ran like hell back to my car, spraining my knee in the process. This last story was posted by Michael of Thousand Oaks, California, on April 1st of 2019. He said, I've camped a few times in the St. Lucia range near Tucone Peak, right near the coast and the one. We were camping up on some of the coastal ridges there, overlooking the ocean, and definitely experienced some very strange energy. My first time up there, there were three of us, including myself. One person and myself both actually spotted one of the watchers up on a high ridge, partially obscured by low-flying clouds. Neither of us were familiar with them at this time, and chalked it up to a tree. When we slept that night, we felt an indescribable discomfort, and it decided and decided to keep driving north the next morning. Alright, one, how creepy are those? But two, they give us a good glimpse into a few different parts of this cryptid. They also allow us to see into the different parts of the human mind, and the way people think. So... There are a couple possible explanations for what is happening. Some of the theories include illusions, uh, hallucinations, and the obstacle illusion known as the Brock Inspector. you You've got to check out the Instagram for that picture because, wow. <laughs> so Brocken Spectre is a weather effect caused on a misty day when the sun is behind a climber. Their shadow is then projected forwards through the mist. The rainbow effect is created by the sun hitting water particles in the air. But the shadow is so elongated that it really does look like a tall shadowy figure. So I think this might account for some sightings but not all of them. Another logical explanation is people are experiencing pareidolia which is basically when the brain creates a familiar image out of an object like when you see a face in the moon or when you see an animal made out of the clouds in the sky. This phenomenon is very very common and Add in the legend of the Watchers and is a perfect recipe for cryptid sightings. That being said, there is one more theory that I think should be mentioned. Some believe that these Watchers are the spirits of the Native American tribes that lived on this land before any European settlers came over. Supposedly, their spirits are there to protect the lands, and if that is the case, I'm here for it. No matter what the explanation is, next time you are walking in the mountains in California, Keep an eye out for a dark figure or figures watching you. Now, this last cryptid has less information but is nonetheless terrifying. A giant ape-like man. So Bigfoot, but then add the horns of a ram to its head. Oh, and imagine it was designed to be a super soldier. Well, that is exactly what the billywhack Monster is. The beast is rumored to be in the area around Santa Paula in Ventura County. The creature is said to have tormented mostly high school students from Santa Paula High School. These kids are the primary people who have encountered the monster. It has thrown large 50 pounds rock at their cars and even pounded on the hoods of their automobiles leaving dents. It has also been reported to carry around a large club. In the 1950s, a nine-year-old boy was reportedly attacked by a weird animal near the Billywack dairy. The boy had scratches across his arm and back. Then, the next reference to the monster came in 1964. It was reported that the Billywhack monster terrorized several hikers for several hours. This made headlines in a local newspaper. The thing is, it is unclear which newspaper it was in. That same year, though, a Los Angeles Times article came out and reported that deputies found a young boy carrying a sword. When questioned why he had a sword, the boy said he was off to slay the beast. But in that same article, there's also a report from a woman who leased the land once. She said that she had to hold off 43 monster-seeking children with a shotgun until authorities arrived. So... As we can see, no matter if this monster is real, the local children really believed in it. Enough to go and hunt it, which I must say is definitely not what I would have done. Maybe I'm in the minority there, but I sure hope not. Now, I assume you want to hear the origins of this wild beast lurking in California, and let me tell you, it's a wild tale. The origins take place on what is known as the Billywhack Dairy, it was a state of the art, very advanced and modern dairy farm, owned and ran by a man named August Rabel. He had moved to Ventura County in 1922 and established the dairy in 1924. Rabel was originally from Zurich, Switzerland. There, he served in the American Field Service in France from 1917 to 1919. One of the many stories told links him to the OSS, or the Office of Strategic Services. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wow, he worked for the organization from Spy Kids? No, he did not. Their OSS stands for the Organization of Super Spies. It's different. The OSS we are talking about here was what eventually became the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA. Anyway, assuming this legend is true, then that means the OSS and Rebel could have been performing experiments beneath the dairy including trying to make a super soldier. And that is where the monster comes into the story. The billywhack Monster is apparently a product of this research. But then, somehow the experiment escaped and now hunts the area. The OSS was not a squeaky clean government agency, which I'm sure none of you are surprised about. (laughs) Apparently, the agency was attached to all sorts of illegal and immoral experiments, ranging from brainwashing techniques, use of various drugs on unsuspecting victims, studies of diseases for use in warfare, and other inhuman practices. Even Rebell's death was supposedly caused by doing work for the OSS and was a mystery, but as far as anyone can tell, that's not true. Rebell did die when he returned to the service, but his death was caused by a German landmine while he was driving an ambulance. Although most legends say that the dairy and ranch were abandoned leaving the monster to its own devices, that's probably not true. Apparently Rubel's wife remarried in 1946. After she passed away in 1968, her second husband lived on the ranch and maintained what Rubel built. And as of the Billy Whack Ranch, it's still up and running. It's a private property so nobody got any ideas. I'm sure it has Looked better, but nonetheless, it is still standing. But there are apparently underground rooms and tunnels, some say filled with uncashed checks for large amounts of money, others say where the beast that was created there still lives. While I was researching, I found this story from a local, and I think it's very interesting. I grew up in Santa Paula, right outside where this legend takes place and despite many times going up the canyon, I had never experienced any monsters. However, I had moved to the school ranch in the orchards outside Fillmore, and have experienced many strange things there. One such incident involved my sister, her boyfriend, and myself. There were two 1950s-era school buses left to decay on the far side of the ranch, next to the river, and deep in the orchards. We decided that since no one ever came out here and it was impossible for anyone to approach the buses from the only path in or out, it would be a perfect place to drink beer. So there we were, sitting in one of the buses, starting in on our first beers. The sun had just set and darkness was setting in when extremely loud and violent banging had come from behind the bus we were in. Now. The buses had been there for so long that the backs of them were enveloped in overgrowth of weeds and plants so thick that no one in their right mind would walk through them. Not to mention the buses were made of three inch thick steel. To make this type of banging, a man would have had to be built like Hulk Hogan. But ten minutes after the banging stopped, my sister's boyfriend decided he was going to bravely step off the bus to take a leak. So, he quickly walked about 15 to 20 feet around the side of the lemon trees, to where he couldn't be seen. We then heard very heavy footsteps march off in his direction. The same time they stopped, he came running back onto the bus. The footsteps then came marching right back to the back of the bus. The banging started again, but this time included a deep growl. Once the banging and growling stopped, this time, we all took off running to my house from the bus. We never went back to those buses again, and soon after, they were dismantled for recycling. I am sure we will talk about this when we have a Weird Club segment, but this one, for me, seems much more like a creepy urban legend rather than a cryptid. But some cryptozoologists say that this is a cryptid, just one we have already heard of. People believe this is a Bigfoot, with either a deformity or is disfigured, which would give the appearance of horns. What is probably the most interesting part of all of this is that this wasn't the only cryptid or creature sighted in the area. 1939. Several people from the town of Ohi, which is about 15 miles away from the Billywack Dairy, reported seeing a creature roaming around. Reports say that it was the size of a 12-year-old boy with gangly long arms and black fur. A witness said that she saw the monkey-like creature steal two of her chickens from her hen house. And then, a few weeks later, another woman saw the creature eating her corn. Could this have been an early experiment of Rubel, Or could this have been the billiwack monster before it was fully grown? California has many more cryptids, reportedly roaming around, including many, many tales of Sasquatch. But I'll leave it with this. So, what do you think? Are the Fresno Nightcrawlers, the Dark Watchers, and the Billy Whack Monster really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It is a great way for people to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One week from today, I will be covering some of the cryptids from the state of Nevada, the Gargantuan Gliders, and Tahoe Tessie. See you next week. This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo designed by Jason Sykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.